The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. Open, open, your, 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 my, my, my. And we're back to another edition of West of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but get ready to have a spooky good time. An amazing time. That's right. Genevieve, how you doing over there? Oh, and I'm here too. <laughs> I'm doing and Genevieve's fine. here. I'm doing I'm all right. Doing well, how are you doing? I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk to to a, a good buddy of mine about one of the most fascinating, strange, scary places I've had the pleasure of setting foot in. Something I've heard so much about, but I've never had the pleasure of being anywhere near. Really, I mean, not in a paranormal context. The place that we're talking about is Linda Vista Hospital out here in East LA, specifically in Boyle Heights. And if you've tuned into this show uh, in the past for one of our paranormal uh, nights, uh, you probably hear me talk about Linda Vista and some of the stuff that went down for me in there. As, as I've said many times in the past, it's the place where I experienced the paranormal for the first time, at least. It's the place where I became a believer, I'll say that much. I experienced some weird things before, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess I always rationalize them in a way of like, okay, it could have been this, could have been that, you know, I, uh, I, I could have been like half asleep or whatever, you know. You always try to make sense the of things. Standard, the standard. Yeah, but this was the place where I was wide awake and stuff was happening, and I had no explanation for it. And you know, for the people that don't know, I mean, obviously, you've had so many TV shows, movies filmed here, and. I think for our listeners, especially on, you know, in the FM right now, uh, the music videos are the most dominant in that repertoire. And those music videos filmed at this exact location include um, songs by Duran Duran, Garbage, Avenged Sevenfold, Rise Against, and um, Hollywood Undead, Nine Inch Nails, even Falling in Reverse. Combi Christ, Alice Cooper even. So there is a huge lineup and that's yeah. only a, a small percentage. That's a, yeah, that's a that's fraction. A sm- yeah, that's a fraction of all the movies, TV shows and music videos that were filmed here. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, working in, at this station over the years, you know, I met so many people, a lot of musicians that have filmed there and, you know, the, the topic would come up and they all had a story and even if they didn't even if they didn't experience something they still they sounded would, freaked out oh no they would tell me it's like i don't know what was about the place but i couldn't be there for more than a few minutes like they would literally just go and stand outside yeah no this place is crazy and tonight we're gonna talk about this place linda vista hospital with my good pal richard bernie of the boyle heights paranormal project i i owe him you know the the opportunity the privilege, if I may use the word, to have spent quite a few nights at Linda Vista. In all honesty, nothing compared to that first night. So many things happened that night, and we're going to get into it with Rich. I'm going to throw it to the phone, and uh, and we're going to welcome our friend Richard Burney to the show. Rich, 
Thanks so much for uh, joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. I know you're you're a really busy guy, but we're really, really excited to have you on. And I'm excited to be on, Frank. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely has been. And, uh, you know, as I said at the top of the show, Linda Vista was the place where I became a believer in the paranormal. Prior to going there and spending a night there, uh, I, I, I was a bit skeptical, to be honest. But before we get into all that, Rich, why don't you give folks a bit of history about Linda Vista? I think most people are probably familiar with that location from uh, its paranormal uh, history over the years. So why don't you tell folks a little bit about Linda Vista Hospital, how it got started, and how did it become this uh, paranormal hub, if you will? Well, um, uh, the uh, uh, Linda Vista Hospital, back in the uh, early 1900s, uh, the Santa Fe Railroad uh, basically made its way west. And as they laid tracks down, making their way west, uh, they came across a lot of uh, industrial accidents. And um, because of the amount of industrial accidents laying the railway, uh, the railroad line, they decided that um, as a company, the Santa Fe Railroad decided to build hospitals along the way, along the route. So between, uh, I believe it's uh, Kansas City and Hayward, California, uh, they put up 14 of these type of, uh, uh, back then, the state-of-the-art industrial type hospitals. Uh, to meet the medical needs of the railway workers and their families. And I know that um, the employees, uh, you know, we interviewed a few of these employees, and back in the uh, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, they paid something like, I think, 35 cents a pay period into their health care for themselves and their family. So as they made their way west with the railway line, um, they built uh, uh, the Santa Fe Coastline Hospital in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California in uh, 1907 and um, put it up. And then they did a full renovation facelift in 1928. Um, and it basically kind of still looks like that today. And when uh, did Linda Vista begin to uh, decline, if you will? You know, um, because uh, the Santa Fe Railroad had big bucks, um, they were able to acquire a lot of the. Um, the best of the best as far as, you know, uh, um, Medicare went as far as doctors and surgeons and, uh, head nurses and stuff like that. So Linda Vista hospital was basically the pearl of, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the medical care back then. And, um, it had no, um, competition. It was the only hospital in the area. Uh, the, you know, uh, St. Vincent's hadn't yet been built. Uh, I believe, uh, uh, County USC, uh, medical facility was built up in, I think, 1936 or 1938. But um, during the late 60s and 70s, local hospitals started blossoming all over uh, Los Angeles, three or four of them in the Boyle Heights area. And because um, these new facilities were coming up with state-of-the-art technology and medical care, a lot of the physicians and surgeons at uh, Linda Vista Hospital um, were basically kind of swooned by these new medical facilities and they basically left their positions at Linda Vista and went on to uh, further their careers at the new, uh, you know, St. Vincent's, uh, County USC, White Memorial and uh, the Lincoln Hospital, which is right around the corner from Linda Vista. So it was basically, it, it just felt victim to uh, progress, it sounds like, right? Exactly, yeah. The brand new hospitals were coming up looking nice and shiny, I guess, and these, uh, you know, the doctors are like, well, you know what, we're going to go on to the uh, state-of-the-art facilities. And right at about that time is when the uh, hospital started changing ownerships. And um, 
started uh, it basically started its decline in uh, the mid uh, 1980s up to 84, 85. And um, I think if it wasn't for the, I think if it wasn't for the local um, emergency rooms uh, being a, you know, uh, um, really busy with um, a lot of the local, uh, you know, gang uh, members falling victim to gang activity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 right there was a hotbed of business for the local hospitals. You know, sad to say. So when did Linda Vista actually close its doors and you know began to fall into the the, the state of abandon that it got in? During the uh, during the early eighties, I um I, I remember I had a friend who was a security guard there. Um, they did they they actually decided to open up Linda Vista Hospital because it was it was it was lacking um uh, the, you know the, the business um in 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 the medical field. So what they did is they opened up the, the, the facility to the movie industry, mm-hmm. uh, in the Los Angeles area. And so, um, so now Linda Vista hospital, um, became, uh, one of the hotbed, um, hotbeds of, of the film industry where, you know, um, you know, Charlton Heston filmed there, Burt Reynolds filmed there, uh, Gene Hackman, you know, uh, plenty of well-known actors of old, you know, um, made movies there in the eighties and, uh, late eighties. And so, uh, by the time 1991, 1992 came around, um, the owner says, you know what? That's it. You know, we're, we're not able to stay afloat as a medical facility. So we're going to close the doors. So in 1992, um, the owner decided to close the doors and, you know, um, decided to shut down the hospital side of Linda Vista Hospital and then run it as a full time movie, uh, location, film location. Or it was uh, 1992 was its uh, last operational year. Prior to Linda Vista closing its doors, were there any reports of paranormal activity in the hospital? Yeah, you know, luckily I, um, luckily I, <laughs> I had an aunt who worked the front desk there in, in in the 70s, and she would come back with some really cool stories about, you know, that place is creepy, and I thought I saw a shadow person, and she was a she considered herself a sensitive. And so she would, um, come back to the house with all these great stories. And I would talk to my friend who was the security guard there. And he was like, well, you know, we're not supposed to talk about that, but yeah, there's some creepy things going on. Um, I also had, uh, my uncle, um, who, uh, was an employee with the railway and, uh, he was treated there for uh, his sickness and eventually ended up being moved from, uh, the Linda Vista facility to the Hayward facility up in Hayward, California. And, um, he himself, um, was, you know, basically listening to the stories that the nurses were sharing about, um, objects being moved and, uh, elevators going up and down, doors opening without anybody pushing buttons. So, um, I think it had already started, um, you know, uh, yeah. the stories of what was going on. Do you have any theories? Maybe were there just, uh, unhappy patients or people that, uh, perhaps passed away before their time? You know, um, I, uh, I try to, I, I try to be even now, even till today, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical about, you know, what's going on. You know, I, I'm always trying to overanalyze things and stuff like that. And I, and I was the same way at Linda Dista Hospital. Uh, we spent four and a half years there, uh, almost full time. I basically put my career on hold for a little under five years just to put all my time into the hospital and to try to grasp 
and try to record and and document as much stuff as we can in the time that we had left there. So I came to I came to the I, I guess it's my own theory. Uh-huh. I think that hospitals are a very special place. Uh, they have their own special place in the universe because it's a place where people come into life, you know, and it, and it's also a place where people leave this life. So my theory is, is I think that there's some type of, um, I don't want to call it magnetic, or I, I, I just want to say, I think it's some type of energy imprint that we, that we left behind, you know, during, during this, this happening of coming into the earth or leaving, you know, the, this plane of existence. So I kind of look at it like that because over the four and a half years that we were there, a lot of the personal interviews of people who were um, housed there as patients and or employees, they all kind of um, agree that um, a lot of the allegations and incidents that happened there were kind of all kind of like relating to the medical field. And let's talk yeah. about your experiences uh, real quick. First of all, how did you get involved uh, with Linda Vista Hospital? Were you already investigating the paranormal at that point in your life? Um, you know, no, I wasn't. I was actually, um, I kind of got into, you know, the, you know, a couple of the paranormal shows on cable TV and stuff like that. And I was saying to myself, wow, you know what? These are, you know, growing up and listening to my neighbors talk about, you know, La Llorona and, and the stuff that was going on at Evergreen Cemetery and other locations, you know, yeah. I, I was, I was brought up with the, with, with the ghost story. And so growing up in Boyle Heights and going to Hollenbeck Park and, and fishing and, and, you know, looking for crayfish, Linda Vista Hospital loomed overhead. It was always looming over us. It was a place that was basically, you know, you know, we were forbidden to go in there. We, you know, stay away from there, stay out of there. And, um, you know, trying to stay on point, um, in 2009, I decided, you know what, what a great time to create a group of researchers who are like-minded, researchers who have a sincere desire to um, um, hold on and preserve the, the local history. And, um, you know, maybe I could, you know, go into this hospital and introduce myself and explain to them who I am, where I come from, and what my goal is. And, um, so one day I got up enough guts to walk in and knock on the door and the gentleman, uh, you know, answered the door by the name of Francis, uh, Corticas, who had been working there since the early eighties, um, and who actually is still there to this day. So that's a great thing. Um, and, um, I said, Hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you. He goes, sure. Come on in. And I said, uh, you know, I, uh, just this year I, I formed a paranormal research group and he goes, Oh, you're one of them. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, he goes, okay, well, here's the pamphlet. It, you know, here's the costs for, uh, for, you know, spending the night here. Mm-hmm. And this is, I go, no, 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 no. I go, that's not what I want to do. I'm from here. I had an aunt who worked here. I had an uncle who was, who was housed here as a Santa Fe Railroad patient. And I have a, I have a sincere desire to assist you or I want, I have a, I have a sincere desire for my group to come in and help you with whatever this hospital needs. Do you need painting done? Do you need um, trash cleanup? Do you need security? Do you need, uh, you know, landscaping? We will do anything and everything as long as you allow us onto the property. That, that way we can, you know, have our own fun, you know, when we have time. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, dude. He goes, I'm not interested. Wow. I'm like, oh, okay. 
so, you know, I shook his hand and I walked away and I was kind of like, wow, you know, I, I totally screwed that up, you know? So, um, in the interim time, um, we went out and investigated other areas, you know, local, um, insane asylums and, and cemeteries and stuff like that. And then one day, about three and a half months later, he gave me a call and said, Hey, does that offer still stand? And I'm like, sure. He goes, well, can you come in? I said, yeah. So I came in and I sat down with him. He goes, explain to me, what is your perception on the paranormal? And so I explained to him, I said, well, you know what? I come from, uh, you know, my dad is full-blooded Native American. My mom is a Mexican-American from Los Angeles. Um, and uh, my father brought us up uh, to believe that we walked every day um, side by side with the spirit world. And that, you know, every once in a while, um, our paths will cross. And that's when we have a spiritual or some type of experience seeing the other side. So I firmly believe in the spirit world and I want to be able to document that if that's happening here. And then he proceeded to explain to me his personal experiences of what he called paranormal experiences there at the hospital. And after about a three to four and a half hour meeting, we went out and had lunch, shook hands. And not even two weeks after that, you know, he started calling me up and saying, hey, you know, we're going to have two film shoots here. Would you like to take care of one group while I take care of the other? And I'm going to leave early tonight. So can you lock the place up? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so he basically entrusted me, you know, with this new position. And it went so well as far as, you know, the time that I was spending there that I started, you know, um, you know, with his knowledge and blessings, I started bringing in three or four group members, you know, a couple of other group members. And before you know it, um, I had, I think, uh, at one point, 25 uh, researchers with the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project. And um, we started, um, you know, looking after the movie shoots and stuff like that, doing security and cleanup. And, you know, there was plenty of stuff to do because the movie companies come in and they thrash the place. So uh, that's basically how VHPP um, was able to do what they did there at the hospital. I actually got the, the pleasure to meet, uh, I think most, if not all of the crew of the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project. Uh, it was, uh, I, I remember this <laughs> quite vividly, as you can imagine. It was in April 2011. And, uh, I, I believe you had reached out to me via email to, uh, be there to do a, a, a short presentation, uh, for an event you guys were having. And, um, you know, I went yeah. in there not knowing anything about this hospital, aside from like a quick Google search when I read, you know, it's haunted. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's abandoned. All right. So it must be kind of creepy. That was about the extent of it. But boy, Rich, I, I remember that night to this day, I still tell people about it. And every time I tell the story, I, I get chills and the whole, the whole, I relive the whole experience. But, um, what, what's the brief overview <laughs> for the listeners the, who don't know what, what's, okay, what's the I'll, summary of what happens? I will keep it brief. So I was there, as I mentioned, Rich was kind enough to extend an invitation for me to be there. And I, you know, I did my, my little uh, presentation in front of a, a lovely audience. And, uh, afterwards, you know, I was kind of getting ready to go and Rich was like, Oh, you know, you're welcome to stay, you know, for the overnight, uh, and stuff. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I've never done this in my life. I have no idea what to do, but I'm going to stay and, and give it a shot. Um, a couple of things happened throughout the night. Okay. I'll say that much, but the, the kicker <laughs> yeah. for me was being in the surgical wing of the hospital. And, uh, we were doing an EVP session and let me tell you, it also, if we're sitting there and I remember the time it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was around quarter to four in the morning. 
and we were standing at the kind of the intersection of the of the hospital wings and we're staring okay. down this hallway and it's just pitch black right i mean linda vista was just black like there there was no light coming from anywhere which made it even spookier yeah, sure. and i was there with four members of boyle heights paranormal project whom we uh, bumped into and they invited me to partake in an EVP session. I didn't even know what that was. That's how green I was. I didn't know what <laughs> that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we go to this part of the hospital. I'm sitting there and they start, you know, running the, uh, the Frank's box or the spirit box as, as it's known. And, uh, they ask, can you say the name of somebody that's here? And, you know, the, the box starts saying Frank in the middle of all the, you know, the, like the static and, and random bits here and there. And it was pretty clear over, you know, some of the, the other noise that, that it was scanning all these frequencies. It said Frank and it said it, I think about two or three times after the, Yikes. yeah, after the third time, I was like, Oh man, is this is not, is it, is it cause it's the Frank's box? <laughs> I know, right? That's what I thought. Uh, and all of a sudden in Rich, this is where, this is where things began to go south for me. I'm, I'm sitting there in the dark and literally about probably, I don't know, half a foot away from my I just hear, and mind you, there were the, the, the four members of BHPP were all the four lovely young ladies, braver than yeah. I am, <laughs> to say the least, way braver than I am. And, uh, you know, they're having a blast. They're really excited about all the, you know, little bits that we started picking up. And in the middle of all this excitement, about half a foot away from my face, I just hear this male voice just give the most cold and scary sigh like a it was just terrifying and i remember wow. grabbing the arm of one of these young ladies and like squeezing it going like <laughs> did you just hear that and she was like yes isn't it exciting i'm like not really not for me not right now as this is happening we're staring down these dark hallways and in the main hallway we were facing we saw, we were at the beginning, we were seeing what looked like laser pointers, just these red dots kind of dancing around. And I remember looking behind me and looking everywhere, expecting to see somebody kind of playing with some laser pointers, nothing. It was just pitch black. And all of a sudden on the wall and Rich, this is, uh, this is the, the scary part for me. All of a sudden the on the wall, like, yeah, the other stuff <laughs> I, I could probably would have got, I, I would have been able to go Sneak on about right. my life. Yeah. <laughs> that normally, but th what happened next is what really freaked me out was that in one of the walls, it, it the best way I can describe it, it's this, it, it, it was like a silver white, um, bluish, spray like paint yeah but it was at first it was just like a, like about the size of your hand if you spread out your hand it was about the radius okay. of that it was about that big and it was just on the wall and i remember that you know we started thinking well is that light coming in from somewhere and then this thing starts swirling and getting bigger and i don't want to put ideas in people's heads but the one thing that came to my mind was that looks like some type of portal is opening up. And I remember too much stuggy, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I remember, like I said, the, 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 the BHPP crew that I was with, they were like, Oh, you're doing such a good job. Like they were talking to whatever was manifesting itself. Like you're doing such a good job. And, and you know, they were fearless. And I'm like literally getting in my Hussein Bolt stand. I was literally <laughs> yeah. going to bolt out of there. 
And, you know, slowly yeah. the light began to kind of subside and, and, you know, things got back to normal. But I do remember before that little episode ended, a few other people had arrived and they also got to see what was happening. So I know I wasn't crazy, but I want to actually hear about you, Rich. What was one of the paranormal experiences that you had there that stays with you to this day? Wow. Um, you know, um, be, you know, we, before I even jump into that, mm -hmm. I want to say, um, that experience that you had down there with that group of folks, yeah. um, was a pretty famous experience amongst oh, wow. the crew members also, because the crew members that you were down there with, they were for some reason, you know, you know, who knows why, but they had a style of spirit communication mm -hmm. that seemed to bear fruit. Okay. Wow. Um, And I remember that night because they all came up and they were saying something amazing just happened. Wow. And, I, and I was looking at their faces and I'm like, and then they were like, well, ask Frank. He saw it too. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. You know, but I, I remember that vividly and it, it's, you know, um, probably one of the greatest memories I have. And I'm sure these young researchers carry it with them today is that they were able to form if, if you want to call it that mm -hmm. they were able to form a, rapport or a a relationship type of thing with what was going on there the energy that was going on there and they were always they were always um lucky enough it's like fishing you know you could sit there all day and all of a sudden get the big one they were always experiencing some great stuff so you know i'm glad you were able to experience that with them as as for myself you know um i think um as far as I had two bone chilling experiences there, you know, at Linda Vista hospital. Um, one of them being, uh, I, you know, we were, we were a brand new crew, the Boyle Heights paranormal project. I think there was only maybe four of us and we were able to, I misunderstood, uh, the guy who led us in that one night, uh, which was Francis. I miss, I misunderstood uh, the time slot that he was allowing us in there. And so, um, we ended up having to go in at about three thirty in the morning we decided to go into the basement of the mental services building, which everybody called the psych ward. Right. And, um, we were down in the basement and I, everywhere I went, my, uh, my, my signature research tool was a, um, an old, uh, JVC, uh, camera on a tripod. And what I would do with that tripod is that, you know, I would film whatever I could film with, with the IR light. And then I would also catch EVPs on the audio of that, um, movie camera. So I set up in the corner and I was next to a, uh, a documentary film crew that followed us in. So there was three of them plus four of us. And they, they you know, they set up their stuff and, and while they're setting up their stuff next to me, uh, three members of BHUP kind of started, you know, mandering about inside the basement area and they started conducting an EVP session. And while they were doing their EVP session about 15, 20 feet away, um, I caught on, audio to EVPs of a female, uh, a female voice coming through telling me to go back, go back, go back. And so, um, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. I heard that. Did you hear that? And that was kind of like in real time. And then not even seconds after that was this bone chilling, deep growl. And it lasted for about maybe four seconds. And you heard this were, yeah, in real time or on the EVP? And I have the audio tape. I can send it to you guys if you want. Oh, that'd be, that'd that'd be, be amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but Genevieve was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was wondering, was this um, as you heard it 
or was this only on the EVP? This is in real time. We actually, uh, and this is the funny thing about it, is that the three members of the documentary, documentary film crew, myself and the female researcher that was standing next to me, we heard it. But the other three BHUP members that were about 20 feet away and they were conducting their own EVP, not only did they not hear it, they didn't record it. Really? So that but was it's re- close. Yeah, that was really but it's recorded close. on my on my video camera. It's recorded on my audio cassette along with the female researchers and the documentary film crew. They they were able to catch it on audio. Oh, and wow. basically when it when the growl ended, it, it lasted about I would say almost four seconds. And it was it was it was a very deep, low it almost sounded like a grizzly bear in a tunnel in an old cave and it was just growling like it wanted us out of its den. Mm-hmm. And um and it got to the point where you'll hear when I send you the uh, uh the, um the, the tape, the sound, the audio, um, you'll hear me giggle nervously. Like, like, what the heck was that? I'm glad you got and to giggle still. Research- I would have shouted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the female researcher next to me, she's like, did you hear that? You know, kind of. And then the other guys, the documentary film crew, packed up their stuff and left. Wow. They're like, oh, wow. we're out here, dude. I, I, I so, don't blame you. I know. can imagine. <laughs> so, you know, that, that right there was probably um, one of two bone-chilling events that happened uh, with me personally, you know. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because that same night, I, I kind of skipped over it, um, but I guess I should mention it now, was that that was the first night, or the first time, I should say, I captured an EVP. I remember after all of this had happened, I went home around, I don't know, 5.30 in the morning and the sun was coming up. I couldn't sleep a wink, so I started kind of going through, and mind you, I've never done a paranormal so investigation. Sleep, so you're going to listen to the scary stuff. Yeah, so I started <laughs> listening, you know, going through some of the video. We had a little flip cam and uh, and some uh, some other gadgets to record, and I remember I was going through some of the video, and I picked up the best way I can describe it. It was a growl, but we didn't hear it in real time. I heard it on the recording, and it was I, I was there. Like a, a, a banshee shriek. I almost feel it was like slightly more feminine, like shrieky. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it feminine, but maybe, I mean, it, it depends more, on who, yeah, yeah the know. way you perceive it. But I remember hearing this thing and maybe I'll play it, uh, you know, after uh, the interview. I know I played it a few times. I'm sure some people are probably tired of me playing it, but that was my first EVP and it was a darn good one. But yeah, it was, it was kind of a growl, <laughs> you know, it was a type, a type of growl. What I know we can only speculate, but what, 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 I'm even speechless. Like what could possibly create those sounds? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's what would freak me out. That's it. It's, it, it's, it's baffling because it's because you experienced probably what we what we considered one of the most common type of hauntings there at Linda Vista Hospital. Mm. Um, at, any, at any given time, um, I mean, there was one time where I took a group of 20 people down to the first floor intersection, surgical area, and they were lined up, lights on and everything, and I was explaining to them the history of the hospital, and, and in front of everybody, because everybody gasped, we heard exactly what you heard, a deep... <sighs> Male, like, like a sigh. That's all I can describe it as. It was a, it was a, it was a loud sigh that came out of the air. And I looked at everybody and they looked at me like, did that just happen? 
And I go, did you guys say that? And they're like, oh my God. And they were freaked out. Four people just bolted from the line. They're like, I'm out of here. Wow. We're, I'm done with, the, I'm done with this tour. But you know, Frank, you, you, you captured, you captured, um, um, what we've caught, uh, plenty of, and they were growls and we would, uh, something that we would call snarls, like, a. Mm -hmm. It's almost something that a uh, something that a, like a little chihuahua does, you know, like right. you know, like that. Yeah. To me, that's a snarl. We've caught plenty of those too, you know. And um, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. Yeah, you know? no, it's uh, uh, just trying to even imagine what it could be. It's frightening enough. Um, we've asked a lot about um, your experiences at Linda Vista, but I'd like to know if you ever had. Um, a first paranormal experience prior to that or what was your very first sort of out there, you know, occasion before coming into this field? Okay. Um, well, you know, I tell everybody this because I want everybody to know that um, I was pretty much primed by my dad. He was a huge UFO, Bigfoot, alien, ghost believer. Okay. In the house Good that man. we grew up in Boyle Heights, he saw a couple of ghosts. And mm -hmm. so one day he explained to us exactly his experience. And so I think that, you know, um, reading all his books and all his history books, and my dad was a, you know, a, a you know, very educated, uh, a, a man. And he, um, he shared all these things with, you know, with me and my sister and, you know, the possibilities that all this stuff can be out there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, growing up, I think listening to my dad's stories and stuff, And then hanging out, because I basically grew up at Evergreen Cemetery. We would go play football there. We would, we would fly kites. I know everything there is to know about that cemetery. I mean, wow. um, so, so in that cemetery, um, I, I had an experience. I was about 11 years old, 12 years old. And my mom, is during the, during the summertime, um, you know, before the sun went down, all my mom had to do was you know, put her head out the kitchen window and scream my name and I could hear it four blocks away. <laughs> and I would have to run home before I get, you know, the right. car beaten out of me. <laughs> so, um, I was, I was, you know, flying a kite with a bunch of buddies and, um, I looked over my shoulder and I thought I saw, and not too many people know the story, but I, I wrote a story about it later on called the goat man. And, uh, it looked like a man hunched over, but he had, like a f human slash goat features with horns on his head. Mm -hmm. And he was hunched over and he was darting between the tombstones. And so I looked over my shoulder and saw that. And I said to myself, did I see what I think I just saw? You know? Mm -hmm. So I got up and I told my friends about it. And right away, my friends, you know, pick up rocks and sticks and we went over there and nothing was there. But that was my first experience of what I thought I, you know, something paranormal, you know, at Evergreen Cemetery. And, um, so, um, I, I brought that story up to, uh, my uncle who ended up telling me the story about a man back in the fifties who's, um, everybody would, everybody, everybody's parents back in the forties and fifties and boy lights would tell their kids, you better get back before dark or that man with the hooves is going to get you, you know? Jeez. And, um, so my uncle who heard my story and my experience kind of compared it to uh, their version of this, this night watcher who had hubs for feet. You know, he would stand on the street corners in Boyle Heights and he would take kids who stood up, you know, after dark, you know. So um, who knows, you know. When about um, was, sorry, it's just really interesting because we've actually heard similar stories um, 
from other people about um, a very dwarf-like creature with a man's body, but a a goat's head. And it sounds exactly like what you're saying. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I was 11, 12 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say uh, I, right before I started uh, junior high school, and that was in the, uh, you know, in the early 70s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I'm 55 now, so uh, yeah, it's um, so yeah, that, that was a pretty, really uh, yeah. it was a pretty scary, it was a pretty scary thing to to see, not only not only to see it, but to then share it with my uncle, and then my uncle told me about the story that he had mm-hmm. of this man who you know looked like a goat that would stand on the corners, you know, and he had hoofed feet, and yeah, that's pretty scary, you know? dude. <laughs> <laughs> that that is terrifying. That's not yeah, pretty no, scary. I, I yeah. think it's even scary that we've heard yeah. you know, stories that essentially corroborate what you're saying. Yeah, that is so crazy because I mean, I, you know, I heard the first story and I'm like, okay, it could have been, you know, but Rich, yeah, you you definitely gave me the creeps with that because then it does sound <laughs> like there is some yeah, weird. Yeah, so if it's you, your yeah. uncle, and these other people that we've spoken to. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. That's more than one person. <laughs> yeah, what is it yeah, about that area, Rich? I mean, it seems like East LA, like you said, you know, obviously Linda Vista is there, Evergreen Cemetery is there. What do you think uh, has caused, you know, so much paranormal activity on that side of town? You know, you don't hear these stories so much from like the west side of LA, for example. Yeah, you know, um, my thoughts on that is the population in Boyle Heights. I mean, Boyle Heights is a community that basically was born out of several groups of, you know, several immigrant groups. We had Czechoslovakians, Russians, we had, uh, you know, the Japanese, we had um, uh, um, African-Americans. All these different cultures were basically halted at the Los Angeles River and weren't allowed to reside west of the river, you know, in the um, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, they just weren't allowed to cross that area. So they basically, as as they made their way from Mexico or from the Midwest, they ended up you know, hitting a roadblock, you know, a bureaucratic red tape roadblock. And they ended up just pitching up their tent in, in what is now Boyle Heights along the, uh, the five freeway at fourth street. And they made it their home. So all these, these different types of, of, of cultures, you know, had their own belief systems, mm-hmm. their own religions and stuff like that, you know, but one of the, one of the things that the common thread with all these cultures there in Boyle Heights was, you know, the ghost story. Everybody had their own version of their ghost story, you know? And I think that um, the history, their plight, uh, the struggle, um, and um, the very tight familial um, bond that each of these families had. Because, you know, I was lucky, I was lucky to grow up in Boyle Heights and, and experience having Russian neighbors, Japanese neighbors. I, I, was, I was very fortunate to be able to walk into a, you know, a friend's home that was Japanese and I would have to take my shoes off at the front door, walk in, be very quiet, hands at my side mm-hmm. and kneel down, sit at the table and, and eat dinner with them. And, um, and then do the same thing at my friend, uh, who was Russian and I would go to his house or they would come to my house and they would, you know, we all had that really fortunate, um, upbringing where everybody was one big, happy melting pot of a family. And, um, I think there's just a tremendous amount of energy and old, um, old history there in Boyle Heights. You know, not to mention the old homes, um, you know, the buildings, and um, 
I just would like to attribute it to some of the old energy that's yeah. in that area. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't want to get political here, but I just want to take a quick second that it, it to me, I, I love hearing stories like that because I think that that you know that diversity, experiencing all these different cultures, is what truly makes America great. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I, and I'm absolutely behind you 100. <laughs> Very good. Cool. That's, that's why we get along so well, Rich. Um, before I take it back to, uh, Linda Vista, because I know there, there's probably folks listening who are also, you know, natives of East LA. And I just gotta ask because you can't talk to somebody from East LA without the question coming up. Where did you go to school, Rich? Uh, Garfield or Roosevelt? <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm a proud rough rider from Theodore Roosevelt High School. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We just, I just wanted to make sure people got that. Um, okay, yeah. let's go back to Linda Vista real quick because there seems to be, at least in my opinion, you know, I, I, you were really generous with me and allowed me to be there on more than one occasion. And, and I'm, you know, eternally indebted, uh, to you for that because, it, it, like I said, it, it was a place where I experienced some things that, that I, I will never forget. Um, but talking to people from the people that would go and take the tour for the first time to the people that had been there investigating for years, it seems like there were a couple of uh, entities, to say the least, that were kind of like the regular uh, residents, I guess you could say, of Linda Vista Hospital. The two that come to mind is the little girl that some people have claimed to have seen and heard. And another one was some strange entity that would hang out in the... Uh, and the uh, furnace and uh, at the you know lowest level of the hospital. Can you tell me a little bit about those two and, and any other maybe uh, regular entities that, that you heard people uh, encounter? Okay, well, I think that uh, other than the, you know, I mean, as far as most, the most common, um, other other than the growls and the snarls that were that were basically happening mm -hmm. two or three times a week, you know, um, I'd like to say that there was. I thought that there was at least three female. Um, birds there in the hospital and, um, they were very vocal. There were plenty of times where they whispered in my ear where they were caught on audio cassette or, uh, um, analog and digital where, um, they were basically, you know, um, giving messages like, you know, um, you know, go back mm -hmm. or, um, get out, you know, for us to get out or, um, they would say my name, Richard. You know, mm -hmm. uh, creepy stuff, you know, when, whenever, whenever they personalized it, it was pretty creepy. Um, it, it was, it would, it would bug me. It would bug me until the next day. And then I would, you know, and they know my name, you know, right. but it got to the point later on where it became more, more, a little more fun. I became a little more, um, adjusted, uh, to the shock of, of something whispering something in my ear. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, the little girl. Um, I have her on plenty of EVPs. We have over, we have over 278 EVPs, class A EVPs caught there at Linda Vista oh, Hospital. Wow. Incredible. Um, Are these online anywhere in an archive? Uh, we have, uh, if you go onto the official Boyle Heights Paranormal Project page mm -hmm. on YouTube, we've got about three or four of them put up. We, we took a lot down. Um, there's one thing that we found out in, with the paranormal community is that people are paranormal. So, um, when, <laughs> When you put when you when you put stuff up, you know the paranormal the, the paranormal activity starts. You know where <laughs> people just start grabbing your stuff and start being kind of nasty about things, and um, so we decided to take down a lot of our stuff. Uh, but if you go onto that page on YouTube, you'll catch um, a couple of great 
um, class A EVPs that we're really happy with. Um, and um, we just kind of, you know, there's plenty of more in, in the vault. We just haven't yet um, been able to, everyone's just got on with the careers right. and uh, we're, we're all kind of like doing our own thing. And we're just waiting to, to sit down with an editor and put all this stuff together because we have, we have a gold mine of stuff. Nice, nice. Hit me up, Rich. You know, um, I'll be happy to uh, to yeah, no, render this, my services whenever like necessary. Yeah. Frank, hey, Frank, I'm going to take you up on that, so be careful, okay? Yeah. Because let me tell you, it's uh, let's amazing. do it, Rich. Um, I would love to uh, to to be able to partake in in, in an endeavor like that. Sleepless so, yeah. nights. Here you go. <laughs> okay. Um, now let me ask you something because obviously you know this hospital is massive. Uh, if you guys didn't get a chance to go and walk the halls of Linda Vista, this place was huge. It it, it was like a like a cruise ship in a way, uh, as far as size. Yeah. And you could literally get lost in that place. At, at least I never dared to venture by myself. But again, over the the, the years that uh, you know I was familiar with Linda Vista and I got a chance to visit. I would hear about certain places in the hospital that seem to be more active than others. You know, uh, I believe, and feel free to correct me if, uh, if my memory serves me wrong, but I think one of them was like the third floor. The Another one was the surgical wing. And I think one of the more notorious places was actually the uh, detached building that was known as the psych ward. There was a, a popular room in there. Can you tell me a little bit about that room and how it got its notoriety? Yeah, uh, you're speaking of room 323. Yes, um, yes. Room 323, uh, room you know, obviously on the third floor. I uh, was down at the, uh, the southwest part of the wing of the, uh, the mental services building. Now, um, we caught uh, maybe about three or four really good class of EVPs there. I didn't know too much of the history of the room, but I do know that um, I personally interviewed several people, at least six, I should say, um, including, um, Zach, uh, from Ghost Adventures, um, you know, where they've actually, um, were touched and scratched and pushed and where the manifestation became physical, you know, and, um, and that's what made room 323, uh, infamous because the energy that was in there or the room right next door, because I, with my own eyes was standing in the bathroom doorway to the room next door to 323 and saw three sketches appear before my very eyes on the back of the neck of a local uh, sensitive. Um, so the place was kind of gnarly. I, like I said, I remember hearing quite a bit about uh, room 323. And uh, I actually also remember when Linda Vista began to undergo renovations. Uh, I, I believe uh, I, you guys kind of just saved the door. I think we all can picture anybody that was there and saw the, the door to room 323. I think everybody would be able to sketch it out and just how the numbers looked and everything. Do you know whatever happened to that door? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a couple of researchers from the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project, um, Steve and Ashley, who uh, are actually uh, getting married uh, oh. on Saturday. So oh, congratulations, congrats guys. To them. Yeah. Um, they now have the door to really? uh, 323. Um, I actually have the original numbers that were on it on the door no way so um, oh man yeah i have the brass numbers uh has anything spooky happened with you keeping the numbers or anything like that um no but uh um the door when the door was in my room it was <laughs> a loft when the door was in the loft um it had these really strange uh episodes of vibrating the mirror uh would, would go through this vibration thing going on um 
there was a couple of times where I wasn't at home and uh, uh, neighbors were like, wow, you must be having some hell of a dance upstairs because they're, they're having a great time up there. And I'm like, well, nobody's home. What do you mean? You know, um, I mean, it got to the point where, you know, a, a couple of shows actually uh, came over to the loft and uh, try to record stuff in there and um, um, just to try to capture the stuff that I was experiencing uh, by bringing this stuff to uh, my place. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, to the point where I would run upstairs, I would open the door at the bottom of the staircase, run upstairs, and I would stop at the top of the staircase saying to myself, okay, now, what was I supposed to get? And then I would look over to my computer desk and my, my chair would scoot out for me. Wow. That's, That's creepy. That's, yeah. I, I, so I, I would just turn around and hightail it back downstairs. <laughs> like, and then later on, I would come in, I would my... sage the place and burn some sage. Right. I, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, earlier on in the interview, we were talking about some of the productions that have uh, taken place there, uh, you know, and, and some of people's favorite TV shows and, and, and movies have been filmed there. Just to give the folks at home an idea of some of the movies, uh, you know, Pearl Harbor, uh, Suicide Kings, uh, Insidious Chapters 2 and 3. As far as TV shows, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dexter, True Blood, yeah. and not just that, but music videos were also shot at Linda Vista, including for bands like uh, Garbage, Duran Duran, Avenged Sevenfold. So definitely it's expanded uh, a wide spectrum. While you were there yeah. and these productions were happening, did you ever hear from the, the crew about, hey, you know, we were just over here and X, Y, and Z happened? Yeah, you know... Um And he's gonna he's gonna love that I'm mentioning this because he's he's, he's come to be a really good friend of ours, uh, Danny DeVito, actor and director. Mm -hmm. uh, he did a um, he did a, a a month and a half shoot there at Linda Vista Hospital, and um, he um, I think uh, his, what he was telling us is that he does a couple of movies every year, and one of those movies is a sci-fi slash paranormal movie. And he uses another name. He doesn't use, you know, directed by Danny DeVito. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, uh, every night, you know, uh, when, you know, when Francis would leave and I'd be in my office, you know, he'd walk up and, uh, he'd tell me, uh, there was one incident where he says, you know, Hey, Rich, um, could you tell the people on the third floor? Now, this is while Danny's filming in the yellow room down below on the first floor. And mm -hmm. I think you're familiar with the yellow room with the blue, uh, exam chair that was yeah, there. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so while he was filming there, apparently their sound is picking up people talking upstairs and walking around. Now, um, we're, I'm in my office. He comes upstairs and goes, hey, Rich, can you go upstairs and throw the people out because they're, they're coming out in our sound? I'm like, sure, Danny, you know, I'll go up there. So I go up there and you know, the, the doors are locked. So I, open, I unlock the door, I walk in, and I walk the whole third floor. I walk the whole fourth, fifth, sixth floor. Wow. I go up on the roofs. Nobody's there. I come back downstairs and tell Danny, Danny, there's nobody upstairs. Everything's locked. Everything's secure. The facility is solely yours and your crews. Wow. And he's like, I want you to hear this. So he plays back his sound. Uh -huh. Okay. And when he plays back the sound, it's people walking and talking, phones ringing as if it's a normal day at the local hospital, basically. That yeah, is it's incredible. pretty crazy. Incredible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, There was a time too uh, during that time that he was uh, filming there. It was in, it was basically in the dead of winter, and LA sometimes gets kind of cold. And it was a cool night, but the first floor of Linda Vista Hospital can get bone chilling. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, he's down there wrapped up in a blanket and he's doing his thing. And then he calls me on the radio. So I said, okay, I'm on my way down. I go down and he's like, Rich, it's happening again. There's somebody upstairs on the third floor. Oh, boy. I'm like, okay, I'll do it again. So I did it again. This is like a totally other, I think two weeks later, right? Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he calls me on the radio and he goes, Rich, forget it. It stopped. He goes, it's just the spooks. So, and then, and, that, and that's just, and that's just Danny DeVito. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I sat there with James Franco, mm-hmm. uh, who was directing the movie there too. He had experiences of a child's voice coming out on his sound equipment too. So, um, you know, it was a very, it was a very normal thing to happen. And the, uh, the movie industry kind of just shrugged it off and it, it made it kind of exciting for the crews because every film crew that came into the hospital after the last shoot was done, their film crews became automatic paranormal groups. Okay. Right. So they themselves went out, you know, when we're ghost hunting and trying to find what they were going to find. And, you know. Yeah. Over the years, I bumped into people who, who worked in film and television. I would tell them, you know, well, I do a paranormal show. And they're like, oh, have you heard of Linda Vista Hospital? I was like, yeah, I've actually been there. And they're like, that place is creepy. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people were there for, for a shoot. Came out believers, it looks yeah, like. In- including an amazing artist. Um, we have reasons to believe that he's some sort of... Uh, you know, psychically connected artists, but um, we know a guy who essentially went in there and started just painting a little girl. He just painted a girl out of nowhere. And the interview he was meant to have that night in Linda Vista, it was um, a general article that was meant to be written about him. Um, The journalist never turned up. The journalist told him, I was so freaked out by the vision of a girl that I turned around and walked out again. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think that, uh, and we're talking about James Picard. Uh, I definitely I encourage people to check it out. He was actually featured in an episode of Ghost Adventures. Yep. Um, an amazing artist. Yeah, amazing I remember video. him. Yeah. So he he was telling us that, yeah, he was waiting for this reporter down in the, in the what I believe, from what he described was the surgical area, the, the surgical wing of the hospital. And he was just sitting there. Yeah, painting. because I think James had a, he had an art show there, I believe. Yes, yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an exhibit, yeah, yeah for I his remember, series. I remember. Yeah, so uh, we interviewed him about a year and some yeah, months ago, and uh, he he brought this story up, and then I told him, well, you know, and he had never heard yeah. of any of this. That that's the most. Yeah, no, that was a he. He actually thing. was pretty uh, spooked when I told him that you know other people have seen and heard this little girl, and yeah, apparently the reporter that was meant to interview him she was walking down the hallway to where he was when she heard i believe a little girl giggling and she like did a 180 and headed out you know and that was the uh the magic if you will of linda vista (laughs) yeah that little girl was there she uh her presence was known you know getting back to one of your questions Mm -hmm. um as far as the the in-house spirits the little girl um she was pretty prevalent in a lot of the EVPs, a lot of the, uh, the video audio. Um, there was a, uh, um, there, there was plenty of one of our, one of our EVPs that are actually up on the YouTube channel. Um, it's a little girl saying, um, she's asking for water, water, oh, you know, wow. she's asking for water. And then there's another one, uh, of a little girl saying, you know, you know, help us. I'm afraid. And that's a little girl. And so, um, it got to the point where we started, um, focusing on, hey, wait a minute, you know, you know, sometimes paranormal groups, you know, they, they go into a location wearing their dragon slayer gear and they take, you know, swords and everything like that because they're ready to slay some demons. (laughs) 
When in fact, you know, it's not always like that. It's just mm-hmm. something as simple as a small little person trying to reach out, trying to communicate. And um, I, uh, I have been so lucky to have um, a person in my life, uh, uh, Sarah Chavez, who was part of uh, the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project. Mm-hmm. And um, one day we were down on the first floor intersection and she started singing childhood uh, songs. So as she was singing, um, the little girl, the little girl came through, not in real time, but on mm-hmm. audio EVP. Oh, wow. And that's how we found out what her name was. And so uh, she came through and her name was Chloe. And this event happened over a three day period. Oh, where, wow. where, where Sarah's like, I, I don't want to leave. I want this to continue. I want, you know, she's opening up and, you know, this something, something magical is happening here. Let's, let's continue to do this. So uh, we ended up getting permission to basically camp out. And that's what we did, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and, um, and we ended up doing it, you know, you know, more often after that, uh, that happened. And then later on, um, a family from around the corner, um, came over the Martinez family and said that there was a little girl who uh, lived in their building. Her name was Chloe, who actually uh, was run over by a car in front of the hospital. And um, they took her into the hospital and they tried, you know, life-saving techniques mm-hmm. and she ended up coming to her injuries. Oh, man. That's heavy. So, yeah. Let me ask you about, I think Linda Vista has probably one of the most documented histories I mean, if we were to take everyone that has captured something in that hospital, we would need a lot of hard disk space <laughs> for all the all the things that people have captured there. I mean, this place was just active 24-7 at times, it seemed. Um, and one of the most compelling pieces of evidence that I got to see was actually something that you showed me uh, one night when I was there uh, uh, with with a few friends. Uh, and it was a video of what looked like a shadow figure. And to be honest with you, Rich, I've never seen a shadow figure in real life. And I've never seen a shadow figure on video that was convincing, I should say. Um, right. However, when you showed me this clip, you can clearly see, and I'm trying to remember, and I'm sorry if my, my memory is a little blurry, but I think the video was uh, shot I can't remember if it was night vision or maybe it was, was one of those like laser, uh, you know. Yeah, it, it, was, like- it, was, it, was, it was actually done on an older camera. Uh-huh. Um, let, me, let me take it back a bit. Um, okay. It was actually my birthday. It was my, it, was, uh, it was my 50th birthday and we decided to have a birthday party up in the penthouse for me. Okay. And it was a surprise birthday, so I didn't know anything of it. But after once I was up there and I was enjoying the night and we had cake and ice cream and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I made a, a couple of phone calls and I said, hey, look it, you know, um, you've been wanting, you've been, you've been emailing me, you've been texting me, you've been calling me, you've been wanting to come into the hospital, come down now, because we're going to be here all night. Mm-hmm. Come down, bring all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 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 an, uh, an old acquaintance of mine, uh, Eric, had a, uh, a local paranormal research group, and he brought his videographer, uh, who is now our, uh, the videographer on the Boyle Lights Paranormal Project, uh, Mr. Uh, Steve Thornton. Um, he came out to the hospital and set up his camera in the corner of the pharmaceutical area mm-hmm. of the main lobby at Linda Vista Hospital. He just set it up and he just let it run. The thing is, is that earlier that night, um, a couple of paranormal researchers, I won't mention their names, were out in the back driveway, um, kind of smooching and, and, you know, talking to each other and stuff. And they were startled by what they said was a shadow person running across the driveway. 
So it freaked mm-hmm. them out, and they ran inside and they told everybody about it. Later on that night, um, you know, we we decided we well, you know what we're here for the birthday birthday party's over. Let's break, let's bust out all our gear and let's mm-hmm. do some research. Two or three days later, maybe even longer, I was contacted by Steve Thornton, and mm-hmm. uh, he says, "Hey, Rich." He goes, "I think I might have caught something in the main lobby." Now, let me tell you, Steve, he's he's huge on gaming, so his living room is. He's wrapped in these big screen televisions and he sits there in his little gaming world mm-hmm. and he just games all day long, right? Nice. Works mm-hmm. at night or, and does what he does. Uh-huh. But uh, what, he, what he found out is that when he would look at this footage on regular um, the LED television, I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, that you can barely see the outline of the, of the shadow person or what we mm-hmm. thought it was just somebody walking through the lobby. So when he put it on his 50-inch plasma, we were totally blown away about what we saw because now on the plasma, for some reason, it was a lot lighter than it was mm-hmm. on the LED screen. And this shadow person was like seven foot tall. And it just walked into view, lifted up one of its legs as it was walking forward, and it disappears just as fast. And he, he seems to, we're still trying to figure out, was he trying to, was he walking into a wall? Was mm-hmm. he walking through the lobby? Was he walking out of the main lobby doorway? It's, it's, it's pretty compelling. I mean, uh, people have seen, we put the video up on YouTube and mm-hmm. of course people are like, oh, that's somebody and oh, it's too pixelated. Oh, right. it's too grainy. You know? Um, so we decided to take it down, mm-hmm. um, and we invited anybody who wanted a copy of it to, you know, request it and we'll send it to them, you know. Nice, nice. But, uh, it was a pretty creepy, it was a pretty creepy um, piece of footage uh, only because as this shadow person is walking through the lobby, right behind it is this green glowing type of disc or orb behind it. Yeah, I remember watching that video that night, I think it was right before we started investigating, and then to say that that video set the tone for the evening, it would be an understatement. Um, Rich, yeah. uh, we're, we're running out of time, so let's kind of just fast forward, because obviously Linda Vista has uh, you know, experienced a, a rebirth of sorts. Uh, I, again, was uh, uh, fortunate enough to be there, even during part of the renovation phase, um, uh, I remember you showed me some of the work that was being done at the time in the uh, psych ward. And I believe that was the, 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 the first part of the hospital that got renovated and, and converted to um, affordable housing for, for the elderly as it is now. Uh, but while the renovations were going on, whether it was in the psych ward or in the main hospital, did you guys hear anything from the construction crews as far as them experiencing some paranormal activity? Yes. Um, the construction supervisor uh, actually contacted us uh, during renovation of the first phase, which was the mental services building, along with the second phase, which was the main hospital itself. And so he, um, he contacted us and said, hey, you know, we'd like for you to listen to some audio tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically one of the electricians it's actually a video. Um, and, um, he's actually an electrician who's, he's dancing with this, with this light bar in his arms and he's, he's mimicking a song that's on the radio. Mm-hmm. And as he's mimicking this song that's on the radio, this creepy robotic voice comes out and starts mimicking the song. 
and it's very robotic. It's very scary. Um, it seems it seems almost negative mm. vibe, you know. Right. Um, but but yes, uh, they they um, they experienced uh, tools missing, uh, keys missing. Um, they experienced a lot of uh, electrical problems uh, in the in the renovation of the first phase of the uh, of the renovation itself. And once the first phase was finished and families were able to move in, that first summer, four families moved out because of what they experienced and because of what they alleged as paranormal happenings. Jeez. And now, so, you know, I'm no, I'm no, no genius here by any stretch of the imagination, but how, oh man, how can I put this lightly? I don't want to seem rude or, or anything like that, but, go on, seem rude. <laughs> but how can you, you know, look at the history of this building and then decide, you know what we need? We need to turn this into housing for elderly folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, well, I'm not trying to be crass or anything like that. I just, uh, that's the last thing you want to do. You, you would think, right? <laughs> right? So do you have any insight as to why the decision was made to, I mean, of all the things you could have turned, I mean, it could have still been great apartments, but it just seems particularly uh, cruel in a way. <laughs> of, of, bad, of bad taste, right? <laughs> yeah. <say> it. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 pretty much. No, no, you're right. You're correct. You know, I, um, you know, being a part and being so close to the hospital, uh, and being a part of the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project, mm -hmm. one of our one of our one of our priorities was to try to save the hospital from being demolished. Right. So um, we uh, we went to City Hall. We went to planning the planning committee meetings. We did all that to to express to the planning committee that this place, you know, uh, has historical status. It needs to be, you know, uh, you know, kept alive, so to say. It it can be knocked down. It's a it's a it's a vital part of the east side. You know, mm -hmm. um, so luckily they decided to keep the building and the developer who purchased the, uh, um, the building, uh, basically placed a gag order on, uh, BHPP and basically oh, forced us wow. legally not to mention anything about its haunted history during the renovation time of the hospital. Wow. So, um, wow. we couldn't say anything. Our hands were tied. Um, you know, as far, just like any other developer, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, they go into an area that 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 that's kind of like, you know, going through the gentrification, uh, um, the beginnings of gentrification, and so when they purchase the property, they want to just they want to stifle and stop all talk about that property being haunted or any of its past. So, um, you know, their number one reasons is you know they have to make money off their project. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, they're, they're a developer. And it's a business, and so what they did is they purchased the property, and uh, they put a, a hush gag order over the whole thing. And um, you know, luckily, uh, a buddy of ours, uh, JJ Rogers, uh, filmed the movie, and it and it kind of loosely, uh, it loosely tells the tale of of um, how we try to stop the developer from coming in and pleading with them and begging them and doing everything we could, but they didn't listen because money is, you know. There was a bunch of money looming there. So um, they went ahead and purchased the property and built it. And they decided to thank God for Francis Cordicas, mm -hmm. who forced the company to preserve its historical status and the historical areas of the hospital, like a lot of the uh, inlay uh, terraza tile that's all been kept. The uh, Nothing was touched in the main chapel area. That's oh, wow. all been uh, preserved. Um, so they did a great job. Uh, uh, 
you know, thanks to Francis um, um, in, in preserving uh, the, ar uh, the architectural history there, you know, at, at Linda Vista Hospital. I've seen photos of the inside of Linda Vista, and it, it looks like a, a really, you know, a, a lovely place. And, uh, you know, what you're saying as far as, you know, trying to downplay its paranormal history, if you will, it reminds me of what I've been hearing a lot about uh, the, the Cecil Hotel, also in downtown L.A. Well, not also, it yeah. is in downtown L.A., but, you know, now they're calling it to stay, stay on Main, I believe, and they don't want anything to do with, you know, it's checkered history to put it mildly i guess um so i i mean i understand that uh, you can't stop progress I, I i suppose before linda vista reopened its doors in its current incarnation do you know if anyone maybe did any type of a cleanse to the place prior to to reopening it yes um uh, you know, uh, Francis Cortacas uh, and the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project mm -hmm. um, sent out emails to local clergy, uh -huh. um, and um, a, a few people came out. We had um, a rabbi, we had a uh, Roman Catholic priest, and we had some Buddhist monks come in from. Actually, they flew in from Vietnam, and they did a uh, they did a um, a spirit calling ceremony where they they build um, a through the use of bowels and incense and stuff like that and prayers, they build a bridge that helps the spirits there cross over into the uh, next world. And uh, it was a pretty profound uh, religious um, ritual and experience for me to see personally. And um, uh, it was, uh, you know, we, uh, we like to think that um, all of those uh, um, religious you know, acts, you know, uh, assisted in, in, in relieving uh, Linda just the hospital of some of the spirits that were bound there. I'm glad to hear that. I think it, it helped a great deal, but it, it definitely sounds like there are still some uh, um, entities hanging about. We were just there uh, not too long ago, just taking a few photographs and uh, this, uh, this young lady came by in, in a bicycle and she started talking about how there's like underground tunnels connecting Linda Vista to different parts of the city i don't know about all that i know there is one tunnel that connects the uh, main hospital to the psych ward uh but then there was yeah. another lady on the little scooter saying uh that I, I believe she lived there actually and she was saying you know this place is totally haunted <laughs> so you know it yeah. seems like yeah it's still it's still you know not to cut you off right mm, but it's still no. very active yeah it definitely seems to uh you know to People are still hearing and probably seeing some things. And uh, it's, a, it's a place that I, I mean, I, I visit all the time, you know, because mm -hmm. my buddy works there and he's, uh, he's very gracious and um, he's always saying, hey, you know, come on over for lunch, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and right now I'll extend an invite to you and uh, uh, your co-host. Come on oh. down. You know, let's oh, have lunch. I'm game. We we'll have lunch to. at the hospital. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, you say the date and time, and believe me, I will be there uh, bright and early. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, before you go, tell people if they want to learn a little bit more about BHPP and the work they carried out in Linda Vista. Is there a website, Facebook groups where people can well, go check you know, it out? there's 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 the, the website is under construction right now, but uh, we have a face we have a Facebook page, uh, the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project. Mm -hmm. Go on to Facebook, uh, like the page. Uh, we also have the official Linda Vista Hospital uh, uh, Research Group page, and it's a closed group, but send a, send a request. I'll approve it. You can get on the page. You can see some of the uh, some of the inside news of what's going on there at the hospital still. 
um, you know, it's a great place, a lot of history, uh, and um, good times. Last question, Rich. Do you think that the spooky Linda Vista hospital that, that we know and love, do you think we'll ever get a chance to experience that again? Maybe for the generation that didn't get a chance to go in there. I have hope that we will. I mm -hmm. believe that it will happen. Um, you know, keep our fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, um, you know, with closing, I just want to say that, uh, you know, our, our goal from the beginning was to, uh, get into the hospital and try to, you know, document and create a, uh, a bridge, so to say, uh, between the paranormal and the general community. Yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, growing up on the east side, there's a lot of, you know, urban legend. We wanted to, you know, build that bridge and invite people in and have them experience this magical place, you know, on their own. And I'm glad that you were there. I'm glad that you were able to experience it as many, you know, as many times as you have. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, and, and I know you, I know you feel this somewhere deep in your heart that there's a piece of you there at that hospital still. There's a piece of you. There's a piece of that hospital mm -hmm. that lives in you still. So, you know, it's, it's a magical place. It really is. Uh, and, and I think you uh, verbalize my, my feeling, uh, in, in a, in a, in a great way because it's true uh, to this day. He uh, still talks about yeah, it. Yeah, I still talk about Every it. Day. It's true. Genevieve, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely something that that I carry, and it's almost. I'll be honest with you, and and I have you to thank for that. And like I said, I, like I said earlier, I, I owe you big time for that. It, it's almost like a little badge that I carry with me um, of honor to say that you know I that's where I I experienced the paranormal for the first time, and and I I got to be there. Yeah. You, yeah, you you jumped into the paranormal field and jumped right into it big time. Yeah, you yeah. did. You got you were able to go into like one of the hottest right spots in. there is. <laughs> Absolutely, Rich. Thank you awesome. so much for for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it. You've been more than generous with your time, and uh, you know, definitely thank let you. me know. I'll be happy to uh, to go grab that lunch with you and and talk some more. And you know, let's let's relive some of those memories. It was great to meet you let's for the it. first time, even though. Digitally, but great to speak to you. Hopefully in person soon. Same here, same here. We'll, we'll all meet each other in the next uh, couple of weeks. We'll get over to the hospital and have some lunch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich, and okay. enjoy the rest of your night. Okay, man. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye. Goodbye. All right. We're going to take a quick break because I don't know about you folks, but I mean, that was, that was fun yet heavy at the same time. That was a lot of stuff. I, I, I think I need to. Grab a, a sip of water here and turn the lights back on. So enjoy these jams. We're going to come back and wrap this whole thing up. And I'm pretty sure we'll be listening to some crazy EVPs next if we can find them. So hang on tight because we've got some really interesting audio footage for you to listen to. That's right. Enjoy the jams. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Your, 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 my, my, my. 
And we're back to wrap up this edition of West of the Rockies. As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook, Genevieve Uway on Twitter, who's joining me once again. Hello, everyone. And don't forget to check out the website at WOTRradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WOTRradio. We're going to sort through some of this stuff here. Uh, Rich was kind enough to uh, send us the EVP that uh, he mentioned earlier. And I'm really excited to play it for you guys. I'm just going to honestly, you know, just shut up and play this. So here we go. That's something. I'd like to say amazing, but anything I say seems to downplay it and make it seem right. trivial. It's true. When, no, that, when it's that was real, something. Yeah. When it's real, it's not like in the movies. I've heard this one before, believe it or not, and but it always gets me. It always gets me. You know, like I said, I had my own little growl type experience EVP, and I'm going to play it here in just a minute, but uh, I didn't hear that one in real time. You know, I went home. Played, started going through the through the I, I'd like to files. think it, it would have been worse in real time because if you had been there, would you have yeah. been your pants? Well, let me, you know, I mean, I was, I think I was close at the end of the night when all that other stuff happened. I, but, but do you feel but, you like know, it's, it's not as bad if you can hear it later? The on. thing is that, okay, number one, I was with, with five other people. So I think that that made me feel safe. In some five other pretty girls who are way uh, younger than you. I don't know if Jimmy wants to be qualified yeah. as a pretty girl, but well, it made yeah. it made it sound like you were just like the only guy there who was like, "Oh my god, I'm so scared." <laughs> I w it was embarrassing, <laughs> folks. That's all I gotta say, and I apologize that your uh, humble host here fell miserably at its first day. But ever since then, I become a lot braver. Yeah, I don't I don't sleep with my nightlight on Honestly, anymore. Honestly, I do see you venture pretty bravely into some of the investigations we go into because I am still scared. I mean, I want to be scared. Mm. I feel like I'll lose something if I'm not scared anymore. But like, I see you guys and you're like, yep, okay. Um, So-and-so just said my name, whatever. I'm <laughs> like, what? No, 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 this is not whatever. <laughs> they well, just said your name. You know, it's funny because I was trying to remember. I don't think, I mean, I know I was scared, but it was, it's a, it's a strange type of fear. Like you, you know want what I'm it to happen, but you don't. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird it's it's a, a complex emotion, <laughs> you know, to say the least. So uh, yeah, and I guess because so many things happen there, everything after that hasn't seemed that bad. And maybe that's why I, I don't know if I'm any braver. Uh, I, I just think that if something is going to happen, it needs to top that for me to react, perhaps in that more frightened state. But that said, let me play the EVP. And I know a lot of the folks that tune into this show probably have heard it in the past. Bear with me. Enjoy it one more time with the people that they haven't heard it before. So let's play this one and see what you guys think. So that's that was mine. That was my EVP right there. Was that you coughing? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you were just like, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, I had a little something stuck in my throat. No, but I mean, honestly, we didn't hear that while we were there. I went back home and started going through these files, and boom, there it was. And I, I can guarantee you, if I would have heard that in real time, I probably would not have stuck around and experienced everything else that happened that night. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah. um, whatever it was probably had a little bit of mercy on me and, <laughs> and my level of we, bravery or lack thereof. We want to keep him here and freak him out. Oh, yeah. yeah they, no, but believe me, that whole night there were paranormal groups all over the hospital. And I remember we would just kind of like attach ourselves to a group here and a group there and just kind of see how they did things because, you know, I had no experience and. Um, it was it, it, it was the equivalent of being thrown into a pool and, and 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 having to figure out how to swim for me when it came to investigating the paranormal. But honestly, there were hard lessons learned that night that I treasure to this day. Absolutely, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I mean, what can I say? Linda Vista Hospital. It's uh, was well is still uh, a. a a pretty active place. Yeah, a pretty active place. Absolutely. Once again, I want to thank my my good friend uh, uh, Richard Burney for being with us tonight. It was a blast to talk to him and honestly get get also get a little update on Linda Vista. You know, uh, I think we all kind of left off with the re remodeling and and it was cool to catch up and relive some of these memories. So definitely, you know, uh, check out the Facebook page and and uh, drop him a line. Tell Rich, uh, you know, what's up on my behalf and. You know, see if you can if you can join that group and check out some of the evidence that they got in that in that Facebook group for uh, the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project. It's some interesting stuff. I'll say that much. That being said, take care, be safe, God bless. Don't do anything too crazy. We want to see you back next week, Genevieve. Thank you for being here, Frank. Thank you for being here. Yeah, that's right. Um, as always, I'm engineering <laughs> Frank. I'm always here. I always have to be here. Darn it. <laughs> Just uh, saying. Not complaining though. I love this. Um, as always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook, Genevieve Uway on Twitter. Don't forget to uh, check out the website, WTRRadio.com. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Um, you can also sign up for our uh, iTunes podcast and Stitcher and all that cool stuff. And we have a great new review of um, Contact in the Desert. Indeed. It was from um, a couple of months ago. So, uh, yeah, head over to the YouTube channel or the website and you will catch a, a cool little uh, review video of that and some other cool stuff that you will find there. Um, take care, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. West of the Rockies with Frank the Engineer on the Independent FM, Los Angeles.